Hello library patrons, Mike Bradley here from the North Riverside Library. On this week's episode of the Tech Team Podcast, Sarah and I welcome a new member to the team, the one and only Marla Curran. We're happy to have her aboard. She's going to be a great addition to the show. This week, we're discussing ways to feel more productive while using the internet. It's a wide-ranging discussion, so let's jump into it right now. This week, folks, uh, this is an exciting episode because we're welcoming a new member to the team. Let's uh, give a warm welcome to our own Marla Curran. Welcome, Marla. Thank you. You may know Marla from uh, the Adult Services Department, and she is now part of the tech team as well, and we're very excited to have her on board. Uh, She's going to tell us some fun stuff about the Makerspace in a new segment that you'll hear a little bit later on. Uh, But first, right here at the top, um, I'm going to ask the two of you for a little help um, with a crisis that I'm going through in a segment that we call, What Do We Even Do Here Anymore? And I'm asking, what the heck am I doing on the internet these days? I don't know. It's a, it's a bad scene. I find myself uh, longing for a productive use of the internet and computers. Um, I realize that these days, especially with this pandemic situation, I basically sit around and read internet news all day long. And it's and uh, it's it's not helpful. <laughs> I, I start the day going through my news feeds. Then I usually end up on Twitter. Then I end up on Reddit. Then I end up on Hacker News and then back to the news feeds. And then sometimes that's not enough. And I go to Google News or whatever. And it's just a cycle that repeats. And I'm refreshing the page and refreshing the page. And it just seems to make me sad. And I wish that I could uh, do something that's more fun or more productive or creative and feel like I'm actually accomplishing something instead of just consuming a bunch of junk all day. I know, Sarah, me and you talked about this uh, in the library a while back, and you had some good suggestions. Uh, maybe you could um, tell me more a little bit about those, and maybe, Marla, if you if you can give me some help, because I need it. Yeah. Well, um, I think that, like, the problem boils down to sort of an issue that a lot of us have, which is you get this like shiny rectangle in front of your face and all you want to do is mindlessly consume something to the point where it's like taking over a lot of your time. Case in point, my, uh, I have an iPhone and my weekly screen report told me I spent <laughs> like nine hours a day on my phone. This- <laughs> and of course I was like um, isolating and stuff. So I really had little to do, but it's when you get to that point, Um, or maybe a less extreme example, but when you realize that, like, I'm just consuming and it's not fulfilling me. Um, But I think a solution to that is instead of consume, you should create. Uh, As easily as this technology um, makes it so that we can have sort of a through line from the world into our own pockets and see everything that's going on, it's... um, it's just as easy to take that and make yourself like take control of that process and make it so that you are doing something creative because at the end of the day, it's just a tool and um, the tool is going to be used the way that the, the, you know, builder wants to use it or whatever to use like a less cheesy metaphor. So I think that like, if you're constantly consuming something and it's getting you down and you feel like, Oh, I'm not being productive. The problem isn't with the technology itself, because the technology itself is technically a neutral uh, device. The problem is with, like, your intentions when you're going to 
use the device. So I've been trying to switch around how I approach technology in that instead of taking a passive role in consuming things and just like filling my brain with nonsense and then moving on and feeling like I haven't accomplished anything and I've wasted a bunch of time, you can also take that same amount of time that you're investing into mindlessly consuming and creating something out of it. It can be anything like uh, instead of reading the news, you could learn how, you know, do more research in how to make this podcast better or uh, start your own podcast away from the library and, and put some thoughts out there. I mean, you are the original content creator, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. You know, um, it, it's true. Uh, one of the things that I have found um, lately to to actually be helpful is is working on this very podcast. So it's a way to take uh, some of the things that I'm you know, reading in my daily news routine and then actually do something with them uh, by, by putting them into the show and, um, you know, preparing uh, some, something to say about, to say about them. So that is, a, that is a good way, but I feel like, yeah, I still, I still have a ways to go in, um, in turning this into something productive. What about you, Marla? What do you think about all this? Yeah. Um, you know, I feel like it's the digital equivalent of opening the refrigerator over and over and over <laughs> and knowing that there's nothing new in there, but opening it anyways. Um, and that's what we do, whether it's like our Facebook news feed or, you know, I get lost in this rabbit hole of TikTok. I was so against, I was like, I'm not going to be one of those people who watches TikToks. And my friends sent me them all the time and I never watched them. And finally, I watched one that she sent me and it sent me on this like five hour binge of TikTok videos. And it's, it's either you, you go all day without, without technology and you're doing great or you get sucked into it the entire day or heck the entire week. And a lot of us, you know, working from home a lot, there's no real line between like your home life and your work life. We're kind of doing both at the same time. And like now I have, my kids are e-learning and I'm working from home. So I'm on my computer, they're on their computer and we're trying to do like, normal house stuff and family stuff and there's no real fine line so I kind of have the same problem that you do Mike where I'm consuming 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 and I don't really have that uh, that um like I don't have that limit for myself that's a good comparison with uh, opening the refrigerator over and over I'm doing a lot of that these days too <laughs> well yeah I think it's just like symptomatic of a bigger issue which is we are just like monkeys with big brains and we're getting distracted by the shiny things in our life. But I think we've talked about this before, Mike, where you're really into a sort of general um, trying to implement like general mindfulness in your life. And I think that we do that with a lot of things like work and um, the way we eat and uh, stuff like that. But we forget to do it with technology sometimes because it's become so second nature to have the phone in your hand and just to mindlessly scroll but you have to be, we have to remember that, like, as humans, we let ourselves be consumed by the things that we create until they define us, when really we have the power to define them um, and make them what we want them to 
to to be for us, not the other way around. So it's easier said than done, but uh, just generally changing your attitude about why you're picking up your phone in the first place, like what your intentions are with the time you're going to spend on your phone is something that takes a lot of practice, but it can be done. You just have to be that you have to be that guy, you know, that mindfulness guy. Sure. And it's a it's probably just going to be a a daily challenge. But I guess with this with this whole quarantine type pandemic situation, I guess there's never been a better opportunity to practice with um, with doing some of these things. Yeah, I I try to find reasons to use my phone that are like fun and productive. I think I've talked about them on this podcast before, but I really like to read digitally. Like I love eBooks and stuff like that. So I have like six different apps on my phone where I can access reading material that way. So instead of like scrolling through Twitter, I try to hit those first and they take up more of my time because it's like longer form reading. Um, And then I I feel productive because I'm like finishing books and doing something that I enjoy. But I'm also getting that fix of staring at this shiny rectangle. I should have known, Sarah, that with you, it always comes back to reading books, doesn't it? Well, that's because that's what I like to do. But if you don't like to read books, like my sister um, spends a lot of time on her devices making playlists and like being her own little DJ and like discovering music. And I think um, it, it just comes down to for me is like taking charge of what you want the phone to serve you for instead of having just like the same apps as everybody else does and I'm gonna go through Twitter then Instagram then my email then back to Twitter and just going through that endless loop like putting up you know finding things to do on your phone that aren't that and making those the priority so that by the time you do get to opening Twitter you've already like done a lot you know what I mean sure sure I I I recently added a um a to-do list app to the uh home screen on my phone I just put the um the Google Tasks app there to try to you know make it where like I have a habit of picking up the phone and like you know just tapping on one of the the first icons I see there and I'm like hoping that that will inspire me to to check that and actually do some of the things that I need to do like update my driver's license or whatever and um so far that hasn't actually been fruitful (laughs) I think the reason that's not working is because you're looking at your phone and what your mind wants is to be on the phone but then you're telling yourself like oh I should go you know do this thing in my physical life but finding ways to like fill your digital life with um, productive tasks so that you're not just mindlessly consuming that's not the first thing you're turning to when you're going to these devices is really helpful like I go through a routine where in the morning I check three apps before I, I'm allowed to open Instagram because the first thing that I want to do, honestly, like admittedly, is just <laughs> go through my Instagram Explore page for six hours and not get out of bed, you know. But before I do that, I check the I check the the Bible app because you know spirituality is important. I check my cereal app to see um, this little. I, I've talked about this app before, but it's like an app where they send you a 10 minute little reading thing every day from a bigger text so that you like get through it slower, but more, um, you know, to make time for your day for reading, I go through that app first. I just finished a giant, like 800 page book on there. It took me like four months, but I did it. And then I go through a mindfulness app and like look 
through little meditations and stuff like that before I let myself go on Instagram. That's pretty cool. Do you and you enforce this on yourself basically? Yeah, every day. Every day I do this because I know that I could just waste time on Instagram forever. And that's where I want to be. And I and I don't think it works to like pick up your phone and set a reminder like go for a walk because <laughs> what you want to do in that moment is not to go for a walk. What you want to do is look at your phone. So you could so the key is not to like not to always replace your digital life with other things, but to make your digital life more productive in of itself. I like that. Yeah, I guess it's 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 kind of like anything else. It's it's not the thing. It's it's what you make of it. Yeah. Quality over quantity. <laughs> exactly. Very so I think you just, you're suffering, Mike, from a lack of those outlets. What you need to do is find your an outlet for yourself that you can uh, access digitally that uh, will make you feel more fulfilled with the things you're doing online. Now, what that is for you, I have no idea. Only you know that. But it's it's just all about like, what do you really want to be doing right now? And I'm sure there's an app for that. <laughs> there's always an app for that. That's right. <laughs> well, thank you, guys. I appreciate you trying to help me out with it. And I suppose now might be a good time, Marla, if you want to drop the Makerspace Minute. All right. So new segment, Marla's Makerspace Minute. I'm a huge fan of alliteration, so I love that title. Um <laughs> So, which also leads me to Makerspace Mondays, which is why I chose to make it on Mondays. So starting the first Monday in September, which is n- next Monday, because today is Monday, uh, the 8th, I believe. Yes. So September 8th, the first and third Mondays um, at 7 p.m. on Facebook Live, we're going to be streaming Makerspace Mondays. So if you guys follow us on Facebook, you might have seen my teaser episode. I made a mask for my son. Um, not really the mask. I decorated the mask with our Cricut machine in our um, maker space, which is called the Build Guild. So if you saw that, it's going to get even better. That was kind of just a test run to see... Um, if we got views, what it was like, um, some testing for me to see what works, what doesn't work, things like that for our next episodes. Um, so I'm going to be working on the Cricut machine, our Glowforge laser cutter and engraver, um, our embroidery machine, the poster printer, the button maker. Um, there's more stuff than that. I'm going to be doing at least a couple episodes of each machine. Uh, at least through November, but I have so many ideas that it could even go longer than that, hopefully. Amazing. This sounds like very, so much fun. Very yeah. Good. So this week I'm working with the Glowforge. Um, it's going to be on next Monday. It's going to be our first real official episode. Uh, I don't want to give away what I'm doing, but the Glowforge is probably my favorite machine. Uh, it's lasers, freaking lasers. So... It's really cool, and I think it's going to be a big hit. Very, sure. very cool. We'll be looking forward to that. Thanks. And uh, what fortune, what great fortune that your name happens to be Marla and starts with an M so that you can have Marla's Makerspace Monday. Right? I love it. I do alliteration and everything, like, from college to, like, in my normal life. If it 
if it can be alliterated, if that is a word, I am going to make it alliterated. Uh, I, think it, uh, I think it beats the uh, the old title of Just Crafting Around. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> Big time. Uh, <laughs> Man, we roasted that one for months, I think. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. Um, all right, let's get into some segments. Um, I got a quick one up first. Um, and one of my favorite segments, which is, huh? And... <laughs> um, so you guys know about TikTok and how um, Trump is forcing TikTok to be sold to a U.S. company, uh, most likely Microsoft. But now there is a new wrinkle to this deal, which is that Microsoft is incorporating Walmart somehow into this into this deal with the idea being to have Microsoft and Walmart buy TikTok and turn it into an e-commerce app. And I think I speak for everyone when I say, oh. Do you think that if Walmart buys TikTok, then um, you'll have like a bunch of videos you can look at, but only three of them are operative at the same time, and there's like no one at the other seven or whatever? Or you would just have to do them yourself? Yeah. You would just have to. <laughs> Get an employee discount for using TikTok? I just I I, I just don't understand how. Right, so the, essentially, TikTok is like what like the 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 hottest app that has come out for like teens and young people in forever and they're going to take that and they're going to turn it into a combo microsoft walmart shopping app does it sound like anything it sounds like they just need their own app that's you know like why shoehorn that into a like short form video editing app makes no sense no i'll say also for like the 1000th time this is this would be a great time for Twitter to just bring back Vine. I don't know. Captain to Vine. I miss Vine. Vine was the best. And you only had six seconds in Vine, right? It was only six seconds? Or am I wrong about that? It was six it seconds. Was yeah. So good. Still still makes no sense that they killed that. Anyway, uh, let's see. Next up, I've got a couple of uh, you thinks. Um, one being, and I think you'll enjoy this, Sarah, that it turns out that um, on Instagram, even if you were deleting your photos, uh, they were still hanging on to them for maybe more than a year. Uh, you think? <laughs> uh, of course they were. Of course, they also say that that's just a bug. They're going to work that out. It's always a bug when, when you figure it out, isn't it? I'll be <laughs> are always bugs <laughs> like oh we've been watching you very closely uh, and keeping track of all your data but it's just a bug <laughs> always a bug um another one uh is that uh, it that, that facebook said that they were um changing their ad targeting policies so that you could not uh you know target ads at like specific ethnic groups or, or that sort of thing but um but it turns out that you can still totally do that so as a marketing major, I mean, part of marketing is stereotyping your audience to a point. You run demographics and you like that's the whole point of advertising. You're not going to advertise um, like Bud Light Super Bowl beer on the Lifetime Network. Like to to women who are watching Christmas movies, like you just I don't know those uh those ladies watching Snapped get down. 
That's true, but I think they drink like really dry red wine. Well, it's true. It's I guess that you know that that's true. I guess it becomes like a much more problematic issue when you're dealing with like the internet and the ability to like super, you know, hyper target things. It, it's one thing to like target to a group of consumers. Like, let's take, you know, my favorite advertising still is like old school print magazine advertising, right? I think that's that's wonderful. It actually kind of enhances the magazine if it's done well. You don't mind looking at those ads and you can say, well, I want to put this ad in Sports Illustrated because I'm going after, you know, sports fans. But it's that's different than than like Facebook saying we're going to put um, some some listings for some new housing properties or something. But we only want those ads to show to white people, you know, something like that. That's um, that's a, a, a much more problematic issue, I think. I agree. I think that when it heavily falls on race like that, that's an issue. Um, I think that marketing in general like that, I think companies do that all the time. And I think the only reason that Facebook is catching slack here is because it's Facebook. And I feel like Facebook catches the brunt of all of it. Well, also, like um, other companies that are marketing you know, a cleaning fluid to house moms aren't also looking at all of the housewife data and what they're clicking on and what they're looking at to market to them. Like there's also the fact that Facebook just has access to so much information um, that's personal to you that traditional marketing avenues don't have. Um, That makes it a little bit more like gross to me. You know what I mean? Just like, why do you know that about? Google, too, though. Google has so much information and Google ads. It's And people don't realize how much information that these sites really have about you. I just prime example. I like was looking at um, a YouTube video and then I saw the person in the YouTube video had like a really pretty phone case. And I wanted to look up where they got that phone case. And I did it for like it was like five seconds and I couldn't find it I was like oh whatever let me finish watching this video every ad I've had since then has been about buying a new phone case like (laughs) that that to me is like stop stop watching me my boyfriend and I were talking about how I needed slippers we have the big debate he wears slippers he calls them house shoes I think it's weird I walk around (laughs) barefoot okay He's like, you're going to get sick walking around barefoot on the floors, blah, blah, blah. The great debate between couples. So <laughs> uh, finally, I'm like, all right, you wear these house shoes and who knows if you're wearing them like to go throw the garbage out outside and then you walk in with them and I'm walking around barefoot like you're kind of just wearing house shoes outside now. Like now I need house shoes. So and we're talking about slippers And I never even looked them up. I never Googled anything. I never looked them up on Amazon or Walmart. And I start getting advertisements for slippers. That's even scarier. Right? Scarier. I feel like I'm in a spy movie in like the 50s and my house is bugged, you know? Those Echo Dots. I I don't know how that became a thing where someone was like, you know what would be a really good idea is to just have a, a speaker in my bedroom that, you know, Amazon is just listening to 24 hours a day. <laughs> I don't know how that one got over. Terrifying. People just want to be connected all the time now. 
and they don't care if that means they are selling you like that they're selling their information or anything they just want to be connected all the time no matter what like they just we're passive and we don't care so much we're like go ahead have our information like what does it hurt me like i don't have anything for you to steal go ahead like (laughs) people just want to be connected all the time and they're willing to give up all their privacy for it and they don't even realize they're doing it half the time true so true but to be fair they don't advertise that you know Sign up for Facebook. You'll be watched 24-7. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. They don't lead with that information. It's in the small print, but nobody reads the terms. Oh, yeah. I've, Who's going? Whoever yeah. would. <laughs> no, but it's in there. I mean, I think it's just a fact of life on the Internet at this point. I, look, I think you have an underrated or overrated, Marla. Yeah. So I thought this was pretty cool. I am an Android user, um, but everybody knows about the Apple Watch. And the new Apple Watch Series 6 is coming out this fall. And as somebody who suffers from anxiety and panic attacks, I just found out that the Apple Watch 6 will possibly be able to detect when its wearer is about to experience a panic attack. So the Apple Watch already has an electrocardiogram or an ECG monitor built into it. Um, which is kind of scary. This is kind of just building on to how we are just watched all the time. Now Apple has our our heart rate uh, patterns. Um, now it's going to have a blood oxygenation level meter on the new Apple Watch. Um, and both of them combined will give biometric data along with information added manually by the user... Um, And the Apple Watch will be able to put it all together and tell the user when they think they're about to have a panic attack. And it'll give them advice. Um, It'll either give them breathing exercises, if that's what works for them, or recommendations like stop driving. So I thought that, yeah, I think. I think it's kind of cool, and I think it's kind of strange all at the same time. I don't really know how to feel about it. What do you guys think? I've worn an Apple Watch before, and I one time I was wearing it during a speech class, like where we had to get get up and give speeches, and I was so nervous um, about the speech I was about to give because it was like the first one, and I was, I was just really freaking out about it. And I looked at my Apple Watch, and it was like, Work out of the century, Sarah. You're really killing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm freaking out. Uh, which, you know, I didn't appreciate. Um, so maybe this new feature, like, help avoid that kind of situation. Though, I will admit, um, I've used... I, I'm a fan of smartwatches. And I, I currently use a Fitbit. And I think that their technology works a little bit better in heart rate detection than the Apple Watch does. Now, maybe this new... This new Apple Watch 6 will will be an improvement, but I've found it to be like unreliable in the past. It doesn't always pick up when you're working out or has it, you know, it's not the most reliable technology. Maybe this will be better. So I wonder like how damaging it could be to detect a panic attack in someone who is like not having a panic attack, you know, because it's it's not that infallible. Um, I was just going to say, I think that, the, you know, all of the, the people who make smartwatches and uh, fitness accessories are, are 
they seem to really trying to be going all in on the biometric stuff these days and and essentially trying to trying to imply that like they can detect if you have covid or not even though they i'm sure they totally can't do that but <laughs> they're, they're definitely trying to hint at it right there is something in like the settings of the phone and it's like um like a covid response and if you turn it on it works with your bluetooth and it's in all of our settings on our phones like the entire like this was like two months ago somebody posted a meme to facebook about it and i didn't believe it and i went into the settings on my phone and sure enough it was there and if you turn it on apparently you'll just get it, it works with like the contact tracers and you'll get contacted i guess if they think you've been in contact with somebody who's had covid mm. oh for sure yeah that would be a big deal if it actually worked well that's the thing these things never work right away i think the issue was that they didn't tell people that they were putting it into, like, a nationwide phone system. <laughs> and then, like, all of a sudden it was there. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that they had actually rolled it out. I just looked at my phone, and, yeah, it's in there. Guys. Yeah, you see it in your settings? Yeah. It's very oh. strange. It's <laughs> just there. And you've never heard about it, right? They never told you, hey, we're adding this new feature. I, mean, I, he- I heard all about how they were working on it. They were developing it. I had no idea that it was actually ready and available. Right? Yeah. That's, that's wild. Um, I don't know if we if 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 we de- decided if this was underrated or overrated. <laughs> um, I'm still undecided. <laughs> then I, I guess that means it's properly rated. <laughs> I think it's a uh, my personal opinion is it's a little overrated. I don't think these things work. <laughs> yeah. They tell us we'll be able to detect when you're having a panic attack, but it's not gonna work. Yeah. I know there's a big difference between um, like all the smartwatches and Fitbits, like the actual the calories they say that you're burning at the gym and the calories you're actually burning. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think that there's just a lot of room for error. And I I, I am kind of leaning towards overrated, but we'll see. Technology is only getting more accurate. Maybe not. Don't quote me on that. <laughs> That might be uh, my take back one day. (laughs) All right. I do have one who's back of the week that I want to get to. And that is my old take about institutions being good. If you're not familiar with this, uh, with this, Marla, I don't remember either, Sarah, where this goes back to. But I think uh, we were talking about how in a lot of uh, a lot of movies and books and so forth, the theme is basically that institutions are bad and um my counter opinion has always been that actually institutions are good. And I bring this up now because I think the world or the, the United States is having a collective moment of realizing that institutions are good, particularly if we're talking about the post office. Oh, yeah. As it turns out, some of these institutions are good and they should probably be preserved even if they're not making a profit. That's all I got to say about that. No, I think I, I think that. Uh, all institutions need to be checked and monitored, you know, because there's always room for corruption and greed and stuff like that. But um, when it comes to moments of crisis, you know, who's holding you down? Who's holding you down? And maybe that's like biased of us to say um, as coming onto this podcast to promote an institution. But, uh, you know, who's been there for you during this time? 
it's been the post office, uh, the uh, um, medicine, you know, our medical professionals, and the library, not to toot our own horn, but we've been there too. So <laughs> some of these things don't need dismantling, right? Some of these things are, are keeping our society together, actually. That is well said. Here, here. Then let's move on to, there's an app for that. Anybody got any app recommendations? I do. I'm going to quickly talk about this app called Stargazer Plus. And this is going to come back to what we were talking about earlier in this episode. Um, so, like, being mindful and intentional with what you're loading up your phone with, I think, is really important. And if you have an interest, there is 100% an app for that. Like, I've always been really into um, astronomy and uh the the solar system and the night sky but I don't really know anything about it I've just like always found it interesting so I found this app called Stargazer Plus it is a paid app but you can use it um with limited features for free which basically like maps out the sky for you exactly where you are in the world so you can take it outside during a clear night and look up and it'll tell you what constellations you're are, are visible from where you are and um what astronomical uh, events are taking place soon that you can probably observe from uh, your backyard. Um, and this is one of those things that I like to do using my phone and using technology for something that's like, I think not only productive, but like really interests me and um, I find really entertaining. So check it out. Stargazer plus. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Sounds pretty good. I got an app. I use this app called Change Ed, and what it does, um, it's similar to other small change roundup apps. Um, they're kind of the new thing the last few years where you you download the app and you link your you link your bank or you link your debit cards, your credit cards, and whenever you use them, the app rounds up your purchases to the nearest whole dollar. So if I go get gas for $5.60, the app rounds up that extra 40 cents. So it's like $6 even. And then the app hoards all of my small change. And depending on the app, they do different things. Some of them invest your small change into different investments. Um, it gives you an investment portfolio. Change Ed, the one that I'm using now, um, rounds up all of my small change. And when it gets up to $100, it throws it towards my student loans. So it's like an extra mini payment that goes towards my student loans every time my small change adds up to $100. Oh, wow. Been, yeah. I've been using it for about a year now, I think, and I've made six pay six extra payments just through that app. So that's an extra six hundred dollars. Whoa. And uh huh. And my favorite part about it is that it tells you how many days you've saved on your loans by like using that extra payment, and it tells you how much interest you've saved. And it always blows my mind because I say, like, you save, like, tens of days. It'll be like, oh, you saved, like, 25 days, like, just by throwing an extra $100 at it. And the interest is, 
ridiculous. Like you save a ton of interest. And my student loans are federal. So like right now, they're not even accruing interest. So that $100 is going all towards principal, which is nice. But um, even in general, my student loans don't have like killer interest, which is nice. And it amazes me how much interest I save just by throwing an extra $100 here and there. Very nice. Amazing. I didn't know about that. Does this also give you like the added benefit? Does it, if you look at say your, um, your bank statement, does it show like all of your purchases, purchases being like even numbers now? Because that would be satisfying. No, it doesn't. So what it does is that once my small change gets up to $5 or more, if it like goes over $5, the app goes into my bank and pulls it out. So like it might pull out like $5.61. It might pull out like $6. Like it adds it all up. And when it gets to $5, it takes out like $5 increments at a time. I see. Yeah. All right. Well, very cool. I also have one. This is not actually an app, but this is um, an extension for your browser uh, for Chrome or Firefox. Shout out to my Firefox people. It's called Shut Up, and it basically just turns off the comment section uh, on pretty much any website that you go to. And I love this app because, um, to get back to what we were saying earlier, if you're spending too much time mindlessly reading websites and stuff, um, another rabbit hole you can get lost in is the comment sections, which never add anything interesting and are always terrible. So this just makes them all go away, which is fantastic. Especially on YouTube, because I don't know if I've ever read a YouTube comment and not regretted it. So it's nice that they're not even there anymore. So I recommend that. Great. Awesome. I need that on, like, recipe pages. (laughs) Oh, my God. Recipes are the worst. (laughs) They're so bad. Who's commenting on recipes? You'll be surprised. Everybody. (laughs) With, like, an entire life story. Like, I made these cookies, and it... It cured my MS and just on and on and on. <laughs> or like, I don't have five of the six ingredients. Can I sub all these ingredients instead? <laughs> like, I don't know, lady. Go try it and tell us how it works. That's great. Oh man. Uh, all right. All right. This is this is something new. We're gonna we're gonna do a tweet of the week. And let me let me preface this by saying. All right, so what I'm going to do here is, uh, you know, I look at Twitter a lot. I'm not proud of it, but sometimes <laughs> there is a tweet that really stands out. And this one is a little old now, but I just, it's like the funniest thing I've read in a long time. Uh, let me also put a disclaimer here. So this is not, obviously, this is not a political show. <laughs> and I, I keep political opinions out of it. But I also am a big believer in giving credit where credit is due. So I have to say that I think our current president is just fantastic on Twitter. And (laughs) I'm going to unveil the tweet of the week. And what I would like, I'm going to assign this to you, Sarah, if you will read this tweet. And, well, you guys just tell me if you think it's as funny as I do. I will now now put this into the rundown here. So take a look at this. Are you ready? I guess. (laughs) Here it comes. (laughs) All right. For real Donald Trump. Watched uh, Bill Mayer last week for the first time in a long time. He's totally shot. 
looks terrible, exhausted, gaunt, and weak. If there was ever a good reason for no shutdown, check out this jerk. <laughs> he never had much going for him, but whatever he did is what did have is missing in action. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sounds for a, a boom, roasted and toasted. <laughs> but it's just fantastic. I just I just love the idea that. This is this is what the president does is just like watch TV and just fire off just these and, just, and just, not even commenting on like the content of the show like this guy looks like he needs a <laughs> <laughs> oh. I wonder if he's ever watched that show The Apprentice. <laughs> oh, that's that's so good. I showed this to my wife and she she thought it was hysterical and she was sending it to all her friends and uniformly the response to, to the tweet from everyone was like yeah man that bill maher he really is an asshole bill a jerk man if anybody's <laughs> it should be him and you know what not that i make a habit of agreeing with uh, the president but have you seen him lately he does look gaunt <laughs> he looks he looks a little worse for wear oh well Congratulations to the president for having the tweet of the week. Marla, what's grinding your gears? <laughs> oh, wow. So, all right. We all know that, like, you're supposed to wash your hands after you go to the bathroom. We're in a pandemic right now, so most people are washing their hands more than normal, right? Um, I'm in, you know, I'm in Walmart the other day. I'm washing my hands, and this woman flushes the toilet, walks out of the stall, and walks out of the bathroom. Gross. And, like, okay, it's gross on a normal day, but, like, we're, like, we're, like, you can't do that right now. (laughs) You can't do that right now. Like, we're literally, like, COVID, like, madness. Like, you can't. I can't choke on my spit when I'm in a checkout line and cough because people, like, are putting their crosses up. (laughs) (laughs) Allergy sufferers. Like, I feel so bad for us allergy sufferers because people look at us and fall's coming, and I have real bad fall allergies, and, like, it's going to be brutal. But you cannot walk out of a bathroom and not wash your hands right now. I don't care if you have hand sanitizer. Like, people are going to think that you are crazy. It's gross. Ah, That is terrible. I will follow up on this by saying that another thing that I don't like is it seems to me that when I go walking around the neighborhood, um, the biggest offenders of not wearing masks are um, people walking their dogs. All these dog walkers just, like, hanging out in the sidewalk, aimlessly wandering around with dogs and no masks on. And I know you don't necessarily have to wear a mask outside, but, like, I would appreciate it, you know, if I'm about to walk past you, if you would put that mask on. And these dog walkers really grinded my gears. You ever see that picture from, like, um, the 1910s uh, during the Spanish flu where this family has their cat in a mask? <laughs> that energy. Where's that energy? Not only should you be wearing a mask, put one on the dog, too. I don't know what he's carrying. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's Whatever a- happened to those tigers that tested positive at, like, the Bronx Zoo? That was silly. Like, whose idea was it to test the tigers? Like, Right? <laughs> Why did we waste tests on tigers when, like, people can't get access to tests? Yeah, especially, yeah, back then. 
That was weird. It was very weird. Well, that grinds my gears. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're justified. Um, now, before we get out of here, something we've been wanting to get to for a while. Well, next stop, Flavortown, where we're going to talk about some local joints that have been keeping us well-fed during the quarantine. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll take it. So I want to shout out this uh, little local joint called Sora Temakuria. They're a sort of Japanese Latin fusion restaurant out here just serving up the sickest, most fire sushi I've ever had. Keeping it. They were holding it down all quarantine long. I've ordered from them like seven times uh, since March. And it's just, oh, delicious. So good. I recommend, if you're checking them out, I recommend the appetizers. Like, their little pot stickers and egg rolls are so good. So good. Just a very interesting blend of flavors that'll uh, definitely hit the spot. All right. Well, yeah, I, I don't I don't enjoy the uh, sushi, but if they have some other stuff that might be worth checking out, I might have to look into it. You don't like sushi? I don't. I can't. I'm, I'm, I'm a very, like... <laughs> I'm a very bland, like. Oh no! Are you like? Do you go to a restaurant and like order chicken nuggets? (laughs) I'm not quite that bad, but but I will probably almost definitely order the uh, cheeseburger if they have it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not, but I'm not, I'm not quite chicken nuggets bad, but not too far off. Again, I'm not proud of that. (laughs) I don't know, Mike. You should give it a shot. They'll change your mind. They got great. We'll see. It sounds good. What what about you, Marla? So I've recently discovered this place um, off Fullerton and Costner in the Hermosa neighborhood. Um, It's called Taclotlan. Taclotlan. I know I'm really bad at rolling my tongue and putting accents on any words, so don't make fun (laughs) of me. Um, (laughs) But they have birria. Oh, my God. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it right. But it's like, you know, everybody wants, like, birria tacos right now. It's like, you know, all like, people have, like, rediscovered them. And, like, it's, a, like, a really big, like, fad taco right now. It really um, is right about that. Yeah. Well, Taco Tlan has birria ramen. Oh. <laughs> Made with, the, like, the birria broth. And then you get the tacos, and they have birria quesadillas, and then you dip it in the broth and the ramen, and it's like, oh my god, it's so good, and it's so spicy, and it's just, ah, and, um, but they sell out so fast, um, so you have to go, like, early in the day, and they're closed Mondays, but if you guys follow them on, like, Facebook or Instagram, and watch their stories, the, you, your mouth is going to water. Everything <laughs> just looks so good there. It sounds good. You just really sold that. They should pay you. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was really good. And that's a great name for a restaurant, too. It is. I enjoy that. Um, all right, well, uh, I got one also. Now, you might be wondering, what the heck is Mike doing hanging out at a Shell gas station in Maywood, Illinois? Well, folks, this is no ordinary gas station because right next door is a funky little joint serving up the best fried pork products this side of the Mississippi. This <laughs> is Carnitas Don Alfredo. <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> uh, 
uh, I discovered this place uh, a few weeks ago. It's um. Wait, huh? wait, wait. What? You're just not gonna address the Guy Fieri impression. You just gonna move right. <laughs> I mean, I felt like I had to. I mean, <laughs> if not now, when? Um, exactly. But anyway, this place really is off the hook. It's located uh, attached to the gas station uh, at Lake Street and uh, First Avenue, I believe, in Maywood. And they pretty much just they sell carnitas and then like a few random things like hot dogs and french fries for some reason. But but basically they have just carnitas by the pound, which is awesome. So that's pretty much it's just pork, like pork that's cooked in the pork fat. And it's wonderful. And you just order like however many pounds you want and you get the, the homemade tortillas. It's ah, it's so good. And what I especially like is when you order the carnitas, you, you have an option. You can get you can get just the, the carnitas that don't have like the skin and the fat included. Or you can order carnitas with the skin and the fat or you can get a half and half combo of both which is probably what I should have done because I went with the like all fat <laughs> version and um, it was great, but it was probably not the best thing for me. Um, but man, is it tasty. Sounds tasty. Who doesn't love that carnitas? I love carnitas. I used to get them every Sunday, but I don't, I don't go anymore. Well, you should check this place out. It's um, it was wonderful. And I, I was impressed with their whole social distancing setup um, at the takeout window. Um, <laughs> I'll definitely be going back. They have another location too. I I uh I used to go to the one on tw- it's 25th and Lake. Oh right, in, yeah. in Melrose, right oh, down the street. Yeah. Now this- you know that when Mexican restaurants have cheeseburgers, those are the best cheeseburgers. <laughs> I have not okay. tried that. I have not, but maybe I should. I feel like the best cheeseburgers come from Mexican restaurants. I second that. This is this is making me hungry. I guess this is a good place for us to sign off. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with some more fun tech talk. And until next time, Sarah. Um damn it. (laughs) I don't have a catchphrase either. Oh, uh, oh, 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 um, um, keep it spicy. <laughs> <laughs> keep it spicy. Come on, Marla, you got nothing? No, I got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, then I'll leave you with this. Um, remember, folks, never stand up when you can sit down and never sit down when you can lie down. We'll see you next time. <laughs> oh, what is